around the world, locally, with family and friends, and to those viewing for the first time, the House of Destiny International Ministries presents Dr. Larry Manley with today's message designed to create a spiritually vibrant connection between our listeners and God. We hope you will enjoy this presentation and above all, we pray you will be blessed. Genesis chapter number 12 is where we're going to be going to begin. The title of this message, and you don't have to follow me along, the title is The Promise, The Weight, and The Fulfillment. The Promise, The Weight, and The Fulfillment. When we look at Genesis chapter number 12, we always thought that uh, it immediately came about dealing with the call of Abraham. But I've discovered in my, in my studies that something has happened even before the call has taken place. And in Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1, I'm going to read these verses and then we will come back and we will expound on these verses. Now, verse number 1 in chapter number 12 of the book of Genesis, verse 1 says, now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Now, verse number 2 in Genesis chapter number 12 says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3 says, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4 in Genesis chapter number 12, it says, So Abram departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of heaven. Now, I, I, I'm not sure what's going on, but I know that the scriptures are in, so I, we may have a problem in the back, I'm not exactly sure. But however, when I first, when I looked at this, out of the many years, out of the many years I have taught this, it never dawned on me that this does not just happen, the call of Abel. This, it does not just take place here in chapter number 12 that it takes place prior to that, that something else has happened. So I asked the Lord a question. I said, God, is there any other books anywhere dealing with Abraham? And y'all know me. I go searching. I go scuba diving and whatever. And I discovered that there is a material there that's called the, the Apocrypha of Abraham, which is similar to the book of Revelation. And there, what happens is that in the land of Ur, what they did was they worshipped idol gods. Abraham's father, his name is Terah. Terah was a manufactory of idol gods. He made little statues. 
And Abraham could not understand why his father did what he did. His father manufactured, his father made the little statues, the little idol gods. And it was Abraham's job to take them to the city and to sell the little statues. And one day, in route uh, to go and sell these statues that supposedly idol, that's going to be idol gods, that people worshipped, okay? Then uh, somehow the, the animal uh, was, uh, uh, was startled and uh, the idols fell and they broke three of them. I think he said he had, he had five. Three of them were broke. They, they, they were crashed. They, I mean, they were smashed. And in his mind, he said, Now, how is it that my father and the people worship something that cannot take care of itself? That, that cannot be controlled or does not have enough power? <laughs> it didn't have enough power to be able to save his own self. Yet the people were worshiping these statues, these idol gods. And Abraham, he goes there to sell it. And uh, anyway, so, so he wanted to bring that, mom, that money back to his father. So what he does is he's so afraid. So the people he was going to sell these little statues to, that they were going to fall down and worship, they told him that they would be willing to uh, compensate him enough so that uh, he would be able to make enough money to take back home. So when he gets back home, he says to his father, he couldn't understand why they were, the people were worshiping these idols, these statues, and he couldn't understand that because they couldn't do anything for him. They couldn't do anything for, for the people. And uh, he says to his father, he said, you're the God because you're the one making, or you're the one manufacturing these idol gods. So because he began to seek out the true and the living God, because it talks about in, in, in the apocrypha of Abraham, you know, the revelation of Abraham, that's, the, that's, that's what it is, it's revealing. It talks about how one night he, he lays down and he's, he's looking up at the stars and he sees the stars and the moon and, and he's amazed because he says, I want to know that God. I want to know that one. Yeah, not the one that can't take care of itself. So then when I, when I read that, I go back to Genesis and I see that the promise comes because God calls him out of that place where he was. Because his family had told him nothing except how to worship idol gods. Mm -hmm. And once he worshiped idol gods, he realized they could not help him. And strangely enough, when you go there, you will read where there was a, a storm, a very horrific storm, and it burned up the house, terrorist house, where the idol gods were. And so then God began to speak to Abraham because he desired to know the true and the living God. Now, here's something else that's interesting before we begin to break down the promise. The same thing that Abraham experienced, so did Isaiah. Now, as you will continue to read in, in that book, The Apocrypha of Abraham, you will discover that there is an angel that's called Joel, and he takes Abraham up into a spiritual, and I can't say that it was a trance, he had a spiritual visitation in the heavens. And he began to reveal to him everything that he was going to experience. 
Now, this is the same thing that happened to Isaiah. There is also an apocrypha of Isaiah as well. That it will begin to help you fill in the missing pieces. All right? Because what Abraham experienced, so did Isaiah. Now, let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 46. And we're going to show you that he is experiencing the exact same thing. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 46. And we are going to look at verse number 5. Isaiah chapter number 46. Amen. Amen. We're going to get that whether it be on the cell phone or whether it be the Bible. Um, Isaiah chapter number 46. And we're going to look at verse number 5. Verse number 5 says, To whom will he liken me? God, God is speaking. Isaiah is, 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 is sharing. And he's saying in verse 5, To whom will you liken me? Talking about God. And make me equal and compare me that we may be like. And then verse 6 says, They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance. And hire a goldsmith, and he maketh it a small G O D. They huh. maketh it a god. Then it says, They fall down, yea, they worship. In other words, their own hands have made this idol. And then they turn around and they worship what they have made. See, Isaiah experiences the same thing that Abraham experiences. And then verse number 7 in Isaiah chapter 46 says, They bear him upon the shoulder. They carry him and set him in his place. And he, and he standeth. From his place shall he not remove. Yea, one shall cry unto him, yet he cannot answer. So somebody please tell me, why do people worship out of God? Why are they worshiping these statues? Because see, the Bible specifically, he's saying here, they made them, they, they, they've covered them with gold, they hired somebody to chisel it out, and then they, they, they fall on their knees, they begin to worship this thing that they made, then they put him on the shoulder, they carry it, then it says they set him in, in place, in his place. In other words, they take it, and they set him in his place, and that's where he is. He can't move. But yet, people want to fall down and worship him. All right? And then it talks about uh, 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 when you cry unto him, when you, when you plead, when you're asking for help, he can't answer you. Why are people still worshiping out of God? Something that they can't. They can't see, they can't, you know, they can't hear, you know, they can't do anything for you. And, and it's amazing that people in today's society around the world, they still worship idol gods. Now, we too worship idol gods, but they are, they are in a different way. We don't run around and worship statues, there are other things that we worship. Now, we worship money, we worship families, we worship loved ones, we worship our jobs and uh, 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 status in life. You know, we worship all these things and they can't do anything for us when we've got a need. Amen. When we really have a need, it, it can't do anything for us. On our dying bed, none of those things can, can say, stop, uh, stop death, you can't show up. 
is anything or someone that you place before the Lord. So that means we need to analyze our own selves and see exactly what is it that we have placed before God in our own personal life. Alright? Now, let's go now. Let's go to uh, Psalms 135. Psalms 135. Psalms 135. Psalms 135. Psalms 135. And we're going to look at verse number 15. Because see, this is where we find some discoveries. Because see, Abraham, he discovered those idols, those little statues that his father would make, and he would take it to the market and sell it. That there's nothing that it could do for them. He, he, he discovered that. And Psalms uh, 135, verse number 15, it says, now Isaiah is speaking, because Isaiah, he discovers the same thing. It says, the idols of the heathens, look at this, the idols of the heathens are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. Verse 16 says, they have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouth. And then 18 says, They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusts in them. I mean, when we trust in the idols of those things that we think that can help us, we're no different than what they are. They can't hear, they can't see. I mean, they're defenseless. But we need to understand we need the true and the living God. If, if it's to the place where those men, and I believe, I believe, I believe the apocryphal, I believe it, that when they were taken up into the heavens, just like Ezekiel, you remember the scripture? Ezekiel was, you know, saw the wheel in the middle of the wheel. See, and, and when it comes up, there were other men that were taken and, and God revealed things to them and then allowed them to come back and see what the manifestation of their life was going to be. Now, let's go back. Now, let's go back to Genesis chapter number 12. Let's go back. Let's go back to Genesis chapter number 12. Because it was very important that we understood that it didn't just begin right here. Now, dealing with the promise, because we're talking about the promise, the weight, and the fulfillment. Now, uh, dealing with chapter number 12, verse number 1. First thing God says to him, and in verse number 1, it says, The Lord has said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country. First thing he tells him to do, he said, I'm going to take you to a, a new frontier and uh, a life's journey. And I'm going to show you where you're going to go. But the first thing you have to do, you have to get, you have to get out of thy country. That the country, what they were doing, it was the land of Ur. It was in the Mesopotamia. And not only that, today it is Iraq or it may be Iran. No, it's Turkey and Iran. That, that of today, uh, and today that's the name of those cities. All right. He tells them to get out of this country. And the reason why is because they were infested with worshiping the idol gods. That's all they knew. So the first thing he tells them to do, you've got to leave that thing that's familiar to you. Because if it's not of God, and if it's not representing God, then you are going down the wrong path. So he says, now you need to get out of that country, that familiar territory. All right? Then the next thing he tells him to do, in that verse number one, now 
that familiar place, that country, he says, from thy kindred, the, the, those relationships. Hmm. And, and the reason why is because they were heavy into idol worship. That's why it was so dangerous when it came down to Solomon. When he was forbidden to do certain things or to marry certain people, he did it anyway. And all of those many wives that he had, they all turned him away from God. And he began to worship their gods, their idol gods. So we've got to get away from those relationships. Unequally yoked is what the Bible calls it. And not only uh, when it comes down to unequally yoked, when it comes down to uh, uh, relationships in male and female, or saved or unsaved, but the other way of being unequally yoked is two saved people can be unequally yoked when you realize it's not. Because one might be on one level and the other one on another level. And sometimes some of them don't even believe the way you believe, but yet they say they say Okay? So those relationships, God is saying, you know, that's that kindred. You know, you've got to make sure that whoever you are uh, tied with, uh, as we call what they call soulmates, <laughs> You got to make sure you're going in the same direction. If you're not going in the same direction, somebody's going to pull somebody. Right? That's why you have to be careful with relationships, and, and for, not only just relationships, but friendships. Because if in friendships, you have to be careful because if they're believing in one way and you believe in another way, and whoever is the strongest in their belief, that is who's going to draw the other. Have you ever been involved with somebody or have friends and you ran with those friends and next thing you know you were doing the same thing those friends was doing? Mm -hmm. Amen. So, so, so God, that thing, that has a much larger scope than what we realize. A much larger scope. And then he says, uh, get away from your father's house. You know, he, he get away from your father's house the practices of the father. See, we have a lot of religious traditions going on. And they don't always believe what the Bible says. They got man-made traditions. So you got to get away from these things. But then God says this. He says to them, He says, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you the, the, the new frontier. I'm going to show you the land where I want you to go. See, we have to be willing to allow the Lord to reveal to us where He wants us to go, the path He wants to take. Now, the next thing He says now. And verse number two, we're dealing with the promise. The, first, the next thing he says, he says, I will make thee a great nation. He says, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you a great nation. Then he says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And then he says, thou shall be a blessing. Interesting. Here it is, a man who's only new except I worship. God gives him a promise. Tells him he's going to be a great nation. Tells him that his name is going to be great. He also tells him that he's going to bless him and he's going to be a blessing to others. Alright? Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter number 5. Genesis chapter I'm sorry, Genesis chapter number 15. Genesis chapter 15. Here's your promise. There's your promises, okay? The, the promises are there to Abraham. This is what God 
saying, if you leave that place, then this is what I'm going to do. However, in the midst of leaving that place, there are some situations and circumstances that is kind of odd when God's promised you something and he said, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make your name great. God begins to speak all of those things. Now, Genesis chapter number 15, it says in verse number 2, and Abram said, Lord God, what will thou give me, seeing I go childish, and the steward of my house is this Ezra of Damascus? So what Abraham says is this. Listen, God, you told me you were making a great nation, but I don't have any children. I don't have any heirs. I don't have any offsprings. But you tell me you're going to make me a great nation. So God is he's speaking back to God. Speaking back to God. And then verse number 3 in, in Genesis chapter 15, 3 says, And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and no one born in my house is mine heir. He's talking about someone else. He's had a child. And verse 4 says, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. You've got to be careful what you birth in the flesh. Because when you birth things in the flesh, you think that's from God, but it's not from God. You have to be careful on that. Because in that season, and we're going to deal with that season, okay? Then verse number 5 says, and watch what God does. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven. Tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Now this is when he has no children, no offspring. He said, now look, he said, I can see in my mind, they were laying there on the ground. And he's listening to the voice of God, and God, he sees, he sees the canopy of heaven. Woo! And he sees the stars, and God said, this is how your seed's going to be. This is how many offsprings you're going to have. Okay? Now, let's go now. Let, 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 let's travel through the scriptures. All right? Now, let's go to Genesis chapter number 16. Because we've got to understand, when after God gives us the promise there is a season of waiting. There is a waiting season. Hmm. We think when God gives us something, we, we think he's going to give it right then, right? No. There is a test of your obedience to see whether or not you're willing to trust God. So in the midst of your promise, there comes that waiting season, a time of testing. All right? Now, in Genesis chapter number 16, let's look at verse number 1. Genesis chapter 16, verse number 1. It says, Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. This is part of the waiting season. They're already in the, the new land. They're already there. They're in the new frontier. Okay? But she's not pregnant. Remember now, when God speaks to Abraham and gives him the call to come out of the land of earth, he is 75 years old. And we think being old is bad. Life is just beginning. It's just beginning. He 
And when we wait on God this way, the way God tells us to, is it easy? No, it's not easy. Amen. It's not easy at all. But you have to trust and believe what God says. So she takes matters in her own hand like we do. Take matters in her own hand. Now, in verse number 3, in Genesis chapter 16, it says, And Sarah, Abram's wife, she, she took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had, look at this, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to his wife. Now, his out is 75. He's been there in the land of Canaan, in the new frontier. He's been there for 10 years. That means he's 85 now. Still waiting on pumps. Alright? He's waiting now. He's that waiting stage. That's 10 years. We can't wait. 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 seconds most of the time. Yeah, 10 minutes. You know, but we, we, can't, we, we, we can't wait. We want it to happen right then. We, we want it right then, so that's the matter when we take it in our own hands, and then we get upset when we see poor Holy Spirit. When we see the results of what our hands did, because we will birth things in the flesh. We'll birth things in the flesh. Now, in verse number four, it says, And he went in unto Hagar, just like a man. And she could, now she, remember that, it says she was an Egyptian. Egyptian women were beautiful. Yes. They were they were gorgeous. They were beautiful. Okay? Now you know what I'm saying too. Now Sarah is old. If Abraham is 85, that means Sarah got some numbers too. So she gives us her handmaid. This this young, beautiful, gorgeous, you know, uh, a beautiful princess, Egyptian. Ah. Oh. And I'm sure Abraham was showing sure up Jesus. I was going to say smile when I got Jesus talking to the world, you know? Look at what I got. New talk, you know? New talk. Now, it says, and he, he goes into Asia. She can see. What about the fact? She can see. And when she saw that she had to see. 